and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, everyone, and welcome to a very special minisode of TV My Husband Hates. Now, we don't often have guests on our show, um, not because we don't like to have guests, but because we find that we generally have so much to say that there isn't really much room, but we had to make room for the amazing David Yontef, who, if you don't know, is the brains behind um, the very uber-popular reality TV podcast Behind the Velvet Rope. That's right. We are so excited to have David here. David is friends with all the reality TV stars and Bravo celebrities and is never afraid to ask the questions that we all want to know. So before we move on to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, I'm really excited to introduce David Yontef, who is going to help us dissect this week's episode. David is the host of the uber popular reality TV podcast, Behind the Velvet Rope. That's right. We're so excited to have David here. David is friends with all the reality TV stars and Bravo celebrities and is never afraid to ask the questions that we all want to know. That's right. So, David, welcome. Thank you so much for being part of the show. How are you doing? I am doing good. How are you guys doing today? Hanging in there. We're good, too. We are. Yeah, we should mention that we are now, we are normally London and Colorado, and right now we've added in New York to the mix. This is literally (laughs) the most international episode we've ever done. Absolutely. Seriously. And finding time zone that worked for all three of us. Well, that was fun. (laughs) Yeah. So I know you're on struggle. the coffee. I'm on the red wine. I'm it on is. the coke. Um, so how's how are things in New York at the moment? Is it still is, are things getting back to normal? I mean, they're we've been semi-normal. It's strange because there's I mean, it's freezing in New York. It's cold, so there's no eating outside. There are some people that are still. I walk by and they're eating outside, and I'm like, <laughs> "What? Like, I just just stay home and order food. Like, it's literally you're sitting there with four jackets on. I, I don't get That's it. Crazy, right? So it's like New York is not really normal. Like, there's eating inside, but you know what it is? It's just for a city that is so busy. People have really left. They've either moved out or they've gone to like their second home with no chance of returning anytime soon so like if you came like when you go out to a restaurant at night and you walk in it has a vibe it is busy but the average like i look out my windows i walk i go to the grocery store it's kind of like a ghost town in new york it's very strange that's so it's so weird we went um we went around london we took our bikes around london town the other day and the traffic was still pretty busy but like covent garden um Regent Street, Oxford Circus, dead. Like we could just cycle straight down the road. There was nobody there. It was the creepiest feeling. It's kind of like that here. So it's strange. It's like you go to like the village or like where people live and it's busy. And then you go to Times Square and it's dead because like New Yorkers aren't really going to Times Square to eat. There's other places and there's really no tourists. So it's like (laughs) same thing. Like places you think would be so busy are just quiet. It's very weird. Yeah, you make a good point, David, about it being cold, because obviously here in Denver, like there's snow on the ground now, like it's cold. And you're right, like we're not seeing the boom in restaurants that we had over the summer where everyone just moved outside and it was great. Now I feel like we're really seeing the impact of COVID on kind of our restaurant industry. Totally. And like we still keep getting talks that we're going to shut down again. I mean, 
I don't know. I don't know what the right thing is. And I mean, I think our numbers are okay. I don't even watch the news anymore. I'm like, just tell me on like an as needed basis. Like if something is not going to be open, like I just, (laughs) I just can't keep up with the news. Like there's no sense in speculating. It's like, just tell me what's actually happening. Well, we just, we just got out of the second lockdown here in the UK and, um, on Wednesday, it was lifted. And yesterday, I sw- they took pictures of people in Covent Garden and Regent Street, and it was like sardines, like jam-packed, not one wow. mask, hundreds of thousands of people. And I'm just like, what are, like, what are you thinking? Um, anyway, listen, enough COVID chat. We've all, <laughs> we're all sick to death of COVID chat. Um, Reagan, you go ahead. You've got the yeah. first question. Let's, let's get into Behind the Velvet Rope. Yeah. Let's so David, tell us a little bit about you and behind the velvet rope and like how you got started. I mean, I've done a lot of different things in life before becoming a full-time podcaster. I used to practice corporate tax law, if you can believe that. And yeah, that wasn't so exciting. And then <laughs> I stopped doing that and I was in HR and recruiting. Like I had my own recruiting company. I sold that. So like really to make a long story short, let's forget about all the degrees I have and all that stuff. The way I kind of started, I mean, it's great. Thank you all. But I mean, <laughs> you're, like, the way you're I, like Wendy right. from Potomac. Four right. degrees. I four got four degrees. degrees. <laughs> right. Like I have all these degrees, you know, thank you. You know, but anyway, when I, you know, I mean, I just, was like into reality TV right from the beginning. Like I loved, I mean, even the real world going back, like the Hills, Laguna Beach, like simple life. Yeah. So I liked, I liked old school reality TV. So the fact that I was so into Bravo and Housewives isn't such a shocking thing. And then like when I sold my company and like I became, you know, I had time on my hands. Like I was just really into Bravo. And I was like, listen, I am going to become friendly with these people. Like, I don't understand. These aren't like, this isn't like Brad Pitt and Angelina. Like these are right. real people. So I'm like, and listen, of course it helps living in New York City because you have like New York Housewives, New Jersey, Summer House. You have a lot of local shows. So I'm like, I'm just going to put myself where all these people are. And that's kind of what happened. Like slowly I started becoming friends with all of these people that are on Bravo. And then I was like, well, these are like things happen when you hang out with these people. Like I'm looking around and I'm like, is everyone watching this? Because there's no cameras. It's it's off season. But what's happening right here? There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. This one's going home with that one. This one is so drunk. These two are on the corner. And like, I think if I just started talking about this, somebody might want to listen. And then that's really the reason why I decided to start my podcast. That's where I came up with the name behind the velvet rope. It's like, let me take you behind the velvet rope, not in an elitist way, but more like. I'm kind of like an insider, but I'm a fan as well. So all this crap that I'm watching, I'm just going to tell you all about it. I mean, obviously, if stuff is like really confidential, if someone's like, don't you dare repeat this, I'm filing for divorce in three months. Like, I'm not an idiot. Like, I'm not going to, you know, ruin my status and like, I won't be invited back. So like, if it's really something, but there's enough fun stories that I was like, people might want to hear this. So I started my podcast because of that. Our pilot, my pilot episode was about a dinner I had, I was in Florida with Dolores Catania from New Jersey, Kelly Dodd from the OC, and Ramona Singer from New York. And yes, Rick Leventhal Oh my God. That sounds amazing. Right. It was like an event and I was there. And then afterwards, everyone was going to dinner and Dolores is like, come to dinner with us. And then just that dinner alone, 
I'm like, what? Like Ramona's literally just what you think. Ramona is literally has her first drink in front of her ordered. Nobody else even sat down. She's like, I'm hungry. I'm sorry. I'm eating. Her food's on the way. Dolores is like, I'm not sitting next to her. (laughs) Kelly and Rick are in their own world. And I'm just like, this alone is so that that was my pilot episode. And that's what I was like. I am onto something here, you know? For sure. Um, so I, that's kind of why I started it. It has morphed and it was two days a week. Nice. You know, let's have some fun two days a week. It has now morphed into a five day a week interview show with Bravo celebrities. And a lot of it is non-Bravo too. Like, I mean, I would say 10% is non-Bravo. I guess that's not a lot. So it's really just turned into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. You get your download. And today we have Kelly Dodd. Tomorrow we'll have Adela King from Ladies of London. Wednesday we'll have Patty Stanger from The Millionaire Matchmaker. Like, it's Bravo. Present, past, main character, side character, whatever. It's a five-day-a-week interview show now. Wow. You know, Ladies of London is the one show that I do wish that they'd continued with. I loved Ladies of London. It's oh, one of 100%. my favorites. It's literally one of my favorites. So I, so I'm really good friends with Adela King, who lived, that's how I knew that you guys were locked down because Adela's in the UK. So she just told me, you know, right. the lockdown was over. Ladies of London, I agree. If I had to bring any show back, that would be it. Like I've had, we have a lot of Ladies of London coming up on Behind the Velvet Rope. We've had like <laughs> Adela King. We had Adela on and we had Noel Reno on. But we have a lot. I don't want to give too much away, but just say we have like a lot more Ladies of London coming up. It's a great show. Yeah. I have a question for you. You say that like you just put yourself where they were, but like, how did that actually, how did you actually find out? Like, did you just stalk them? Were you like following them on social media, turn up? Like, how did you make that happen? Well, and I wrote a whole book on this. Now, the book is not out. COVID has, I I don't know when it's coming out, but I wrote a whole book about like, if you want to become friends with a reality TV star, read this book. It's a how-to book. There's there's a lot of stories in there, but it's literally like, no, this is like not a joke. If you actually read this book and you got to slow it down, like this takes a while. It's not like magical fairy dust, but I took everything and I put it in this book. Yeah, it. I mean, stalk is such a harsh word now, isn't it? <laughs> I loved from very close. You're right. But yeah, exactly. no, no, but I mean, you know, listen, I've been called a stalker, not by Bravo liberties, but just by other people <laughs> who have watched my actions and have like followed my social media. And I mean, listen, it's, yeah, there's a lot of social media. You have to, listen, it's, it's exhausting. It's not yeah. like, let's do I'm this. I'm impressed. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's like I, I say that in the book over and over. I'm like, listen, you gotta, if you want this, you have to, it's slow down. It's going to take time, but it's a lot. Yes. You had to follow social media. It's, you know, it's organic. Like if you kept seeing the same people, but I have to say now it's like real life. It's a full circle because you put yourself in these situations. It's organic. You don't become friends with everyone. It truly is like, you know, if personalities are involved, but then when you do be careful what you wish for, then it's like, wait a second. Now I don't like you. Like now we've gotten to know each other. And- oh, but who, who didn't you like? Tell yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like you meet, like when you technically know all of them, you're like, well, I'm a person too. And like, wait a second, yeah. like this has gone on too long. Like, I know this was my goal, but now you're treating me like shit. And like, I'm not into this. Yeah. So it's literally full circle. Like I have people that I don't speak to. They don't really care to speak to me, <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. This is so exciting. I mean, it is sort of like a whole other world. Cause we've obviously watched 
all of this for years and years and years. And I guess the thought of actually meeting any of them is so weird to us that it's so cool to know that you're like actually on the inside track getting all the gossip firsthand. Yeah. And it's, it's just kind of like a snowball effect. Like, you know, you know, this person from the OC, well, now you're, it's just, it's now like kind of happens organically. Like when there's new housewives or new people, it just kind of happens, you know, but it is true. It's not like, oh, you don't like me. It's like, well, guess what? I don't like you either. So (laughs) we're moving on here, you know? So it's just kind of like at the end of the day, you're kind of meant to be friends who you're meant to be friends with. For sure. So who has been your favorite like interviewee so far? Like who was the best person? I mean, I would say there's a couple. I mean, I think so. I do a lot of two part interviews. Like if you come on, here's my thing. If you come on my show and we're just in the middle of it, I'm not going to end it after an hour. So as when it, and listen, there's a lot of normal one hour shows, but once we get past an hour and a half, that's when I'm like, okay, let now let's just keep going. We're going to have two parts here. Um, so I think my two part interview with Tamara judge from the OC Ooh. is one of my favorites. I think, well, a lot of people love Tamara. A lot of people hate her. So it's kind of like this in between, like, you know, love or hate. I think Tamara doesn't care. She said a lot of stuff that went viral and got in the press, but it's always an interesting chat. She was having a beer. So anytime someone's drinking, you're like, sip up, honey, sip up. (laughs) Um, So that was one of my better ones. And just, you know, because she's been on the show for so long, the longer we talked, the longer I was like, well, now I have even more questions. Like there was just so much material to pull from. And it was right after she was let go. So it was also like right afterwards. And she was still hostile you know not yeah. yeah like just you know like what's going on and i really do like tamra so i mean i liked loved chatting with her i think another one random i know but like randall emmett like lala's Ooh, randall yeah. i mean he i have the right? biggest crush on randall emmett sure. the biggest like you, you know should. how people couldn't get why she like why lala was with him i fully got that straight off the bat I don't know if I got it off the bat, but after chatting with him, I mean, I have to say just, well, A, he doesn't do a lot of podcasts. So just the fact that he, he is literally like, he doesn't understand that he's Randall Emmett. Like he's an actual director and producer. Like you're on the PJ with Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox, which is (laughs) bigger than any Vanderpump, whatever. So, but he is the nicest, nicest, most genuine, real person so it's just one of those where it's like i'm just bonding with you as a person his follow-up was great we've kept in touch just like i'm like how are you right the same thing afterwards i was like i get why lala fell in love with you like you're like the nicest most caring man ever so that's just one of those where i was like this guy's probably going to be a pain in the ass and it's going to be 20 minutes and it was like another two-parter the second part isn't even out yet like we just talked forever oh my god i love that i love that because it's I guess my I guess what I'd also like to know is which of the people that you've met have kind of disappointed you, like the ones that you really thought you would get on with and actually didn't in the end or felt like let down by them. Because I have to say there's people that I thought would let me down and they did. So there are there is that <laughs> category where it's like you're a big name and I want you on my show, but I'm not these. Uh, I, I could care less. This is going to be a pain in my ass. Yeah. Um, there's that, but who was I really, cause I have to tell you, you have all, you have all the categories. There are people 
you're not even, here's an example of someone I was not even remotely excited to talk to. I mean, I know that's maybe an overstatement, but Vanderpump rules. We had all the newbies. The smallest newbie that got no screen time was Charlie. I mean, in the right. end she did, but it's not like I wasn't excited to talk to her, but she just, I was like, how am I going to yeah. fill an hour? Like she was barely on the thing. Okay. <laughs> can I just tell you, Charlie is my highest rated episode in the history of my podcast wow. because no. she came, yes, she came on and she was just like, yeah, like this was a horrible experience. She's like mean girls. Stassi wouldn't, Lala, they, none of them would speak to her when the cameras, you know, stopped rolling. They had no interest in her. She was like, Katie did this, this. So she was just, and then the thing is that episode came out like the day after Stassi and Kristen got fired. So it was like, people were like adding fuel to the fire and it went viral. And I was like, "Amazing! there you go. Never judge a book by its cover. But I'm trying to think of who I was really excited for. And I'm just like, huh? Well, you know what it is? It's not that I wasn't excited. Sometimes there's people involved. Like if someone's currently on Bravo, like a current housewife, mm-hmm. a lot of times Bravo is involved and they want to sit in on the call. So it's like, sometimes you're just like, huh, it's not that I can't go there, but you're just like, you know, if you go there, there's going to be an interruption and someone's going to be like, uh, please don't ask that again. I'm like, great. Now I have to edit this. <laughs> yeah. And now you've just given me more. So like when someone's on the line listening, I try to just be like, okay, we're going to have a nice happy show. And right. I had to do this before. I'm like seven questions that I want to get to. I now can't get to. And like that's happens. I've had a pivot during interviews so many times. I had someone recently, it's not out yet, but it's someone I'll, and I just had all these drama questions. I mean, it was like, it was at least 20 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, and I was going to go there. And I asked the first question, and she just was like, You're very nice, but she's like, yeah, well, you know, we're just, we're not going to talk about that at all. And it was something oh, no. that I, yeah, and I was just like, you know, I had a, like, you try like one more little time, and then you're like, okay, now I have to just somehow fill 20 minutes, right? and I'll do it. But, you know, so I've had to do that a lot, too, where just someone's like, we're not going there. Um, and what's the biggest gossip you've ever got on the show? Like, have you ever had like an exclusive job, something where you've been like, wow, nobody knew that. I'm the first to get that. Have you ever had that moment? I feel like when I get it, sometimes I don't know it. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I get it, but well, like the Charlie thing, like when she was going through this mean girls at some point during it, I was like, this is interesting, but I didn't think it was like that shocking. Cause like that doesn't yeah. really shock me that like you would show up to film and you'd be standing literally right next to Stassi and you would say good morning and she would turn her back on you. Oh yeah. But if no, you think about standard. it, right. But if you think <laughs> yeah. about it, that is shocking. So then like nobody knew that. I mean, no, Charlie never said that before. And she said all this stuff before the reunion, like Jax would stalk me and this and that and like, but like berate me, like which she kind of went on at the reunion, but this was all before that. So like, I, it's not even that I found it that interesting. I mean, I kind of did. But then when I listened to it back and then it came out and then the media was involved, I was like, this is really breaking this story. It's shocking. I mean, I just recently had, which again, I didn't even think this was anything. I had EJ Jansen. He's from Below Deck, like four seasons, five seasons ago. I don't even know if you know. So, I mean, I was like, okay, whatever. It was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. 
I put his episode out, you know, cause I, it's not like it's first in first out. I have a programming scenario. I could yeah. record you and then you're not going out for a while, but I was like, okay, this is EJ Lee, a blow deck. Let's put him out the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. It's a nice little show. But then like when I listened to it, he said, cause he has, I guess, an online course that he trains mm-hmm. people to go into the yachting. So like Hannah Farrier has that same type of course. It's not a big deal. I knew that. But he said some innocent thing about like, you know, well, I don't know. Hannah has the course now and she used my like same picture and like she basically stole my course and I reached out to her and she basically told me don't ever reach out. It was it was one of these things that I thought was like it's a story, but it's like EJ. It's not like Captain Lee. Like you're not on the show now. Right. But there's an example. And then it came out and it went insane. People are like and Hannah got involved. Hannah was then on social media. I can imagine. Yeah. And it was all about my podcast, like did it. And so it's like, and I'm like, oh, I really did break this story. So a lot of times it's, you don't know you're doing it. I mean, I guess also then like, I do have times where I do know I'm doing it. Like I had Claudia Jordan on recently from Real Housewives of Atlanta, but she was also on Celebrity Apprentice. So before we even got to Real Housewives of Atlanta, I'm like, you know, I need to talk to you about like Donald Trump. Like I just want, and she went off and listen, she, Claudia goes off and you know, she's like, he tried to kiss me twice. And when you get invited on his private jet, this is what happens. And Melania cheats and Ivanka's his favorite because she's really pretty. And Eric is like, she just said all this stuff that when she was saying, I saw this, I remember this. Yeah. And so I remember this exploding on social media. Yeah. So that was the type of thing I'm like, whether this is true, whether it's breaking a story, like as someone's, I'm so trained now that I've done this for so long that as certain people are saying things, like if the Charlie thing happened now, I would sit there and be like, okay, this is going to blow up. It's almost like, but when, so when Claudia was saying this, I was like, uh, this is going to go insane. This is going to go everywhere. Like saying like Ivanka's his favorite because she's the prettiest. I'm like, there's a headline right there. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's true or not, but I'm just like, so I know when people say things now, I'm like, Oh, this is going to go wild. For sure. So what out of all of the reality TV moments of your life of watching the shows, which one is your favorite? Do you have a favorite moment ever, 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 ever? Oh, Wow. I don't know. We do have you? Put you on the, the past there. five years. Past five years. I mean, do you? Do you have a favorite ever? I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, I'm not I trying mean, to be. I think honestly, one of my most memorable ones was the first season of New Jersey when like Teresa flipped her shit and flipped. Yeah, I was just. It's funny. I was gonna. You. Say I, that. I was gonna say that. Wow. Like, well, that's, that's crazy. That there. That's crazy that we were all gonna say that. <laughs> Well, that was like the first, I think that was like one of the first instances of like somebody really going proper batshit crazy, like violent batshit crazy table flipping. And I mean, it was, it was kind of a landmark moment in reality TV and, and has been ever since, I guess. Yeah. Like if you really think about it, cause I mean, literally that's what I was going to say too. And it's almost like, yeah, I mean, that's become an iconic moment and you were like almost scared at that time. I mean, because we didn't even have mob wives then. Like, I don't know if you watch no. mob wives, but that- Oh, but after- I love mob wives. <laughs> right. So I'm also, you talk about my favorite interviews. I'm also friends with Karen Gravano from Mob Wives, oh. Sammy the Bull's daughter. So she came on my show and I'm friends with her. So out of respect, I, it's, it's not like one of my top rated episodes. Anytime something's a little bit off center from Bravo, it doesn't, rate yeah. as well but there's some of the best interviews so karen came on i mean it was mob wives and still related 
And since we're friends, like out of respect, I talked to her on the phone before and I was like, she's like, nothing is off limits. So like, we are literally sitting there and cause I'm, I'm just interested in things like Karen's life just is what it is. It's yeah. so to me, we were talking about murder as if it was like going to the supermarket, which I found very interesting. Just like, you know, how did you like, you're sitting there at breakfast and your father comes home from whatever. And like <laughs> that, that's your life. Like there's no shade. Like that's all, yeah, you yeah. know, and so it was just so interesting just to hear from someone who that's their life. And Karen is like the sweetest, most wonderful. I just am so fascinated because it's so foreign to the rest of us. Yeah. Right. But I think the table flip because it's that. Crazy. Yeah. Like maybe well, yeah. now the table flip wouldn't be anything, but then it was a big moment. Well, I think it was right. a big moment. Yeah. It was also so raw. Like there, like that was before they were kind of self-conscious before they really knew what to expect. Like that was just Teresa in a rage in the moment. And right. I think that's what made it so special was like, that was a real gut reaction that happened. Yeah. It was now, crazy to of, watch. Now the hindsight with like knowing about social media and all that, like, you know, that stuff is tempered now, like, or right. it's, it's either prodded or it's tempered. It's held back. Cause they don't want to be seen as that anymore. Yeah. I don't know. That first season, she just let it fucking go. Yeah. It was baby it was Teresa. Real. It was Teresa before she grew up and got all PR'd. Um, yes. No, it was great. Well, listen, let's um, let's move on to the episode that we're going to talk about this week, which is, of course, the latest in the brand new, newest franchise from Bravo, which is, of course, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Tell me why did you choose, because we gave you a choice of all the shows to discuss, and you chose this one. Tell me why you chose this one. And I watched them all. So listen, it was a, it was a hard decision, but I feel... I've had so many guests on my show from all the shows. I've had Southern Charm, Below Deck, Potomac. I forgot what your other choices were, but I don't know. Like Salt Lake is just new. I haven't had, I, I know someone from Salt Lake. We'll get into which one I know, but like I haven't had any guests on and I'm just like, it's something I haven't really talked about. I just did a Patreon episode, which will be similar to this with all my thoughts <laughs> on Salt Lake. I just figured I just want to talk about it because I feel it's polarizing and I've, heard like i've heard a listen if someone loves it that doesn't shock me and if someone hates it that doesn't shock me either like it's just to me i could see it i could see it both ways so i'm just curious to hear what other people think and i do have a lot to say about it and i have things to say about the ratings i just got a lot to say I'm excited. So let's start off because obviously this week um, we kick it, we pick it back up at Whitney's twenties party where Jen comes in lit, like she is raging. Like She's the most what extra do you think? I've ever seen. But so extra. What do you think is going on there with her? Honestly, honestly, if you want my honest opinion, this is a problem. And then at the end, I'll tell you whether I'm one of the ones that loves it or hates it. <laughs> this is the problem I have with Salt Lake in general. And this is the problem I have specifically with Jen. I think we're at the point where like, you all know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Like we're 15 seasons in, we have a new franchise and Jen wants this. I think she's thirsty as a person. She wants fame. She wants the show to go on forever, which I don't blame you. I'm not criticizing that. 
I mean, I have a podcast because I started as a fame whore wanting to become friends with a real housewife. So I'm not <laughs> judging. I'm just saying it doesn't come across like she to me specifically doesn't come across as authentic. I think everything she's doing is like the cameras say action and she's trying really hard. That's the problem. There's been too much already. I think yeah, every yeah. week she's trying to bring another thing to it, which if that was really her, I would love her. I would be like, this, you're like, where you come from? I love you. I just don't think any of it's authentic. That's just Well, and it's like, it's like talking about Teresa earlier. We're not, we never are going to get with new franchises, the baby versions of them. Like you say, they're coming in fully prepped, fully PR'd, fully ready. And it's interesting you say that because I hadn't thought about it in that way, that she is kind of playing up to this and making this the drama, for drama's sake, essentially. But it makes perfect sense. And maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't think I am. Yeah, see, I was wondering, because I mean, for me, I feel it comes from like a really needy place with her. Like, she's very needy with Meredith. She's very needy with like the people who are close. She wants them like up her ass. But also her husband is fucking gone all the time. Right. And her kids are gone all the time. Like she has nobody. And like, in some ways, it's just really sad. So maybe it's yeah. not fully her, but I feel like there are definite aspects of her that are this needy and like need other people in this way. Yeah. Well, well and she also has, she has this really annoying habit that people have of kind of expecting this blind loyalty from friends. Like, I don't care whether I'm right or wrong, you stand up for me. And I'm like, well, hang on a minute. Listen, if you're my friend, my role is this. I'm going to tell you when you're being a bitch or when you're fucking up or when you're doing something wrong. And I'm not going to just, you know, I'll be there for you. But she's expecting Meredith to, to be on her side. All over this, I can't even begin to talk to you about the fucking hospital smell thing with Mary, which just blows my mind that this is the thing that it's become. Like, that's what, see, that's where I go. That's what makes no sense to me. So it's like episode one, you have a problem with a hospital smell. Now we have you getting upset with Meredith. Like, it just, I don't know. It's like, there's been too many things. And maybe yeah. I'm wrong. It just seems like she's looking for drama every week yeah. to try to be the breakout star of this show. Which it I just, don't think yeah, she, wants she is. I actually think that's what turns no. people off from her. I think there are other people who definitely- Who do you think is the breakout star then? I mean, every Heather, week hands I'm down, in love with Heather, for sure. Okay, I mean, I could see that. I also think Whitney Heather, is a bit of a dark Whitney. horse. Heather, but also Whitney. I think Whitney is like a... I, think, I also think Whitney's like a quiet. Yeah. She has potential, Whitney, I think. Like, in a way, she is my, the one that I kind of skip over the most. But I, I just did my Patreon episode on this and the two guests I had, like, we were all over the place. Like, it was just me. Like, Whitney, they, they loved Whitney. But the more guests that I watch her and listen to her, I'm like, she could be a dark horse and like, she might have legs to like, yeah. like there might be more there. She's not grandstanding, but she's also got a lot to say every time she's at the camera. Yeah. What about you, David? Who do you think the breakout star? I mean, okay. But this is this again, when I did my Patreon, I was like shot down. So don't, 
this isn't the popular opinion, but there's something about, and it's not because of Brooks, there's something about Meredith. She's like Dorit, like the way she talks. No, these two guys I had on my Patreon hated Meredith. They hated I can't her. her. Oh, well, a lot we of like people can't. Lisa. I mean, I, I hate Lisa more than I hate Meredith for sure. I know. She's awful too. <laughs> there's just, it's, I don't know why, like I'm intrigued. I, there's something about Meredith. I don't know why. I think it's the way that she speaks. It's like Dorit. It's like, this is not the way a normal person speaks. Person speaks. Ooh. Yeah. It's but also like, let's really talk point. about Brooks. Let's yes. talk about Brooks though, because that, that's fucking weird, isn't it? He's a psycho. Well, how so? Cause I, there's like a lot. I, how so? I guess. We thought so it was interesting. Really... So, go ahead. You go right. <laughs> okay. Um, so we. <laughs> I'm not speaking. You go. So we thought the way like he spoke to his mom about her friends was just really not okay. Like we're both moms. If any one of our kids spoke to us that way, it's not happening. It's like we're grown ass women. We can hang out with who she wants. She was really rude about Jen. Um, but he also came across really like dead behind the eyes. It wasn't like because he cared about her. It was just like he needed to control the situation. So it was just interesting. Little, yeah, it felt it felt a little threatening. It was like it felt a little threatening. It was like you're not going to do that, are you? It felt a bit like he was going to turn into the guy in Sleeping with the Enemy that that puts all the cans facing forward. Like it was really sinister. I walked away going, if my kid spoke to me like that, like I'd be putting him up for adoption. It was that. very reminiscent of like Macaulay Culkin and the good son where like he pretended to be like this really, you know, angelic child and then was like murdering people on the side. And I mean, let's just sit. Brooks took a semester off. You could spin it how you want. He took a semester off to film the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. <laughs> yeah. We can say on the TV that it was because his mother was alone, but you took a semester off to film a Bravo TV show. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's what I mean. It's like, you're too aware. The whole cast is too aware that like, this could blow you up and change your life. It's not, you know what I'm saying? So it's not, I don't know. It's, it's, it's feeling, I think it's feeling too contrived, right? It's feeling like they're not in it. I mean, I think the beauty of the early shows was that nobody really knew what they were in, right? They had no idea how this was going to be perceived or how it was going to blow up, what it was going to mean for them in their lives or their jobs, careers. So now that you do know that, there is a level to it that you're right, kind of undermines that authenticity. And I suppose it's interesting to see you come to it with a slightly more cynical view, which I hadn't really picked up on before, but, now, but I feel like you're, I'm right there with you now. <laughs> I feel like you basically just ruined it for me, David. I did, because now, and I'm, and I'm not saying I don't like it, because that's a whole nother conversation, but, like, to me, the real, like, offenders, like, I think Jen is the worst as far as trying. I think Whitney is probably authentic. Like, I think she, yeah, I, I do. don't feel, and then she's not my favorite. I don't know, either, here's my thing. Mary is either really authentic, and this <laughs> Yeah, and she's really not trying, and she really is clueless about right. everything. <laughs> or she's batshit fucking crazy, like off her rocker. Like I there think are option two. Yeah, sure. like there are like you know all the housewives are a little off, but then there's maybe you know five in the real like real real world that they're just like certifiable. You need to be locked up. 
I think Mary might be one of the more crazy housewives we ever had. Like, I just think she's now when she was leading that sermon and at the church, I was like, this all makes sense. Like you're amazing at your job. Like, bravo. <laughs> like, I think you're great at your job. It all made sense. She, I thought it was very impressed, but I think Mary might be certifiably crazy. I, I agree. And I think who else you, you mentioned, there's probably five that you would call certifiably crazy. Would you put like Ramona singer on there? No, I mean, oh. but no, I mean like, like, like a Danielle Staub from yeah. oh. Jersey is like, like I mean, yeah, right. Like, like what's her face from New York? Um, Kelly. Ben Simone. <laughs> yeah. I'm just staying silent on that one. <laughs> Don't forget. I know everyone oh, that right. of all these people, but <laughs> no, I mean like Ramona, I think really, I think she's a horrible human being. But I don't think she's crazy. Like I think, like because Ramona gets how it works. Like when she, right. when she's like, well, this is you know who's probably going to be. Yeah, like Ramona gets how housewives work. Like she's aware of it and she's pretty smart. Yeah, like I just I don't know. Like I I think something about Mary that she just seems like I agree. Really, and I even so when the season started, they paired each of the girls up with a New Jersey girl to do an Instagram live. Like, I don't know. I forgot. Like, I forgot who, like, Dolores had and, like, Margaret had someone. But Teresa had Mary. <laughs> so I happened to just be on Instagram. and wow. Right. And so, like, when it was, when they were doing it, you know, it was like, it was like the way for, like, the new girl to ask the old, the older Jersey person. And they probably use Jersey because it'll come back in February, like, give them some screen time and right. like when they were on together i mean Teresa had a minute of not knowing how to work her ig whatever but like mary was just like this isn't being filmed it's like you're real she was like asking Teresa, like yo like how does this all work and like i don't know like mary just talks and you're like i don't even understand like there's no full sentence in there there's like no sentence so she was just like saying to Teresa, like, yeah, and like, how? And like, what? Like, Teresa's <laughs> like, ask me, ask me anything. This is your chance. And like, and Mary was just like, how is the ride? And I'm like, I really think she's crazy. Like, for real. <laughs> it's like, not, not a, I'm no, no shade. I just, no. I think she might literally be out there. I mean, I feel like if you are that like entrenched in that kind of revivalist, religious, place because i mean it was like her wasn't it her grandmother's church before she took it over yeah. yeah i feel like that definitely has some lasting effect on your mental stability and even your like sphere of reference because i mean if this is all you know of like what life should be like you have no sense of reality that's and what i mean i'm gonna put it i'm gonna put it out there as well like i think there's gonna be some trauma from the whole by the way you now have to marry your step-grandfather thing and you're really young and you know, I think that's pretty dark. Like she's kind of in a new place now and she's figured it out, or whatever. But I think at the time when she was 19, 20 and that was happening, that was probably quite a terrifying thing. Well, also, I mean, that's why her mother doesn't speak to her. Yeah. Because she inherited the church. So and the then that the just power dynamic. Yeah. And then it just goes back to like organized religion and is it real or is it all about money? Which is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Well, I mean, when your pastor's, you know, rocking the Louboutins and the Gucci, like, you know where that money comes from. Right. So that's just like a whole, 
Like, are you and your mother fighting over the grandfather? Or are you fighting over the money? Like, it's just, it's I mean, all. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we can all agree. It's definitely the money. I don't think, I think it's like money, um, grandfather, God. It's like, yeah. that's their list well, I mean, of priorities. Look at the amount of money she splashed down for this lunch that they went on. And like, God, know, they all had like Louis Vuitton journals and whatever. Like, again, if all your money is coming from one place. Right. That's when that you're, <laughs> that's when your God is good because yeah. I mean, that's where it's like, do you, yeah. But so when she was doing her job, I was like, well, I had a moment of under like you make sense up there. It's just the rest of the time. I think she's batshit. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. She always needs to be in church. Um, let's talk a little bit about Meredith because she is fascinating whether you love her or hate her. And this situation that she has with her husband, tell us what you think about that, David. Like, do you think, tell us what you think is going on? Well, the fact what that they're separated now. And they're sort of separated, but they're dating each other. And only each other. Wasn't that what was said? Like, we're only dating each other. Like, do we think that's a real thing? Well, again, I mean, this is the same thing I've said about, I don't even want to get into who, because like, <laughs> this is the thing. I go on other podcasts and I say things and it's like, and then I, oh, and then like people come after me. Right. <laughs> not, not just like the actual people, the actual right, human right. being comes after me of like, what? I mean, all I have to say is, Anything that is like a real situation, I'm interested in. Anything that's just like made up for a storyline, there's lots of people that do it. I'm just like, I don't get it. So if I don't understand how we get here, if it's real, and then is this real? Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Because part of me is like, if it was real, you obviously knew this was before the show. Like, so would you choose to be on the show if you're having this like real struggle in your marriage? Um, I don't know. Right. It's dark, man. Yeah, it's just, I mean, that's my only, and I'm not even saying I don't like it. I yeah. just, I, I'm aware that people are trying, but I'm also aware that people are trying, like the, the on the OC for me this season. For me personally, yeah. I think numerous people are also trying to be over the top and make a good TV show. Yeah. So I have the same problem with the OC this season. It doesn't feel interesting. Whereas like to me, you watch New York and I'm like, no, this is real. Like we all, we like have a, a, a fight, a meltdown, get completely drunk, hate each other. We'll never speak again. And our best friends within one night, but it actually, it's kind of real. It's, I don't think anyone's really trying. Do you know right. what I'm saying? And I feel the OC what do you think? trying too hard this season. That's just me. What about, what about Potomac? What about Potomac? Do you think that, that that's another one that's trying too hard? Or do you think that that one's fairly... Well, I think authentic? the whole physical altercation thing is real. I mean, that I don't think was like, let's try. <laughs> no, I think, no, I think that was real too. That, Potomac seems more real to me with maybe one or two. Like it, it's more real than the others. I don't think they're trying as much. Yeah, I agree. I like Potomac. It's one of it's it's actually kind of a, a dark horse for me. I think it's one of my favorites. For sure. Yeah. 
But then you also look at like below deck this season, and I feel like nobody's trying on that show. So I'd rather <laughs> than like not give a shit. <laughs> well, it's like the ratings for every show are down, which is that's what I don't understand. Like, are we tired of it all? Are people housewife fatigue? Like, how are the ratings for everything down during COVID? I don't know. Well, I wonder if they've been, because I think they've been really up. Like during the first wave of COVID, I think ratings were really, really up across the board. But I think now people are just over being in fucking tracksuit bottoms watching reality TV. I think they're sort of itching to get back to, to like normality. So I think maybe that a lot of people are stepping back from it. But um I mean, what, how's Salt Lake City doing in the ratings? Do you, you mentioned that earlier. Is it doing well? It's doing horrible. Is it? So like the premiere, so this is the thing. The premiere, like 1.2 million people watch the OC, which is down for the OC. And then 775,000 people watched Salt Lake. So 500,000 people that were watching the OC didn't Did watch Salt Lake. Like, they turned their TV wow. off because it was one after another, wasn't it? Yeah. So, like, they changed the channel. They didn't just... Yeah, stay. and, like, I don't know how all the ratings work and, like, playback right. and recording, but, like, uh, to me, I mean, see, I, I like, despite my criticisms, I like Salt Lake. I like it. But yeah. the only thing I can think, this is my analysis, because to me, I like the Salt Lake better than the OC right now. Yeah, I'd agree. More interesting. I just think this is what I think. I think that at the end of the day, there's like a lot of people watch Bravo that are not diehards like us. Like they will tune in for Below Deck or they have their favorite shows. I even know people because I talk to a lot of them. I even know people that will go down Housewives and say, oh, yeah, I watch New York and Beverly Hills in New Jersey, but I don't watch anything else. So it's like people are not like I love Housewives and I watch them all. Right. The only thing I, I mean, and then there's, you know, us diehards that watch it all. The only thing I can think is that it's housewife's fatigue because if you think about it, it's the same show. I mean, it's completely different with cities, but it's the same show. And there's so many of them that I think if you're even remotely fatigued, it's just easy to be like, I don't want to get to know six new people. It's just very simple. I'm not even going to start. That's what I think. It's just if you're already sour or you're not sure on the others, you're just like, let's not even start this new show. And I think maybe yeah. with well, Salt Lake, they now, hoped- they're all, now they're We've all like overlapping as well. Whereas before, there used to be very like distinct times off from the, the housewives. There were like yeah. breaks of a couple of weeks. But now it's like, I mean, Atlanta starts tonight. Yeah. And so oh, is God. the finale of Potomac. And it's just like, right. it was OC and we've got Salt Lake. We got like four. It's too much. And the only other thing I can think, I mean, I think that's really what it is. The fact that like people are housewife fatigued, but the other thing I think it is, is even though it was promoted so well and like all the trailers that dropped made it look phenomenal. Like if you're not a diehard, I think all you hear is Salt Lake and you're like, what? No, thanks. Yeah. That's what I think. Like, like, is it a great, it's a, to me, it's a great location. I love the whole Mormon side of it. Yeah. I love the snow. We have, everything is always in the summer. I love the snow. It's like, it's like the way and like the way that they have their like taglines with snow. It's great to see a winter setting, but I just think if you're not like a diehard, diehard, 
you know, of course you hear New York, Beverly Hills. I don't even think the OC would get off the ground today if it were a new show. People would be like, what? No. I just, you know, like Jersey, okay, you have Jersey Shore, Mob Wives, you have like that, like, Jersey thing going on, even though that was Staten Island. I just think a lot of people here, like we were, we in the beginning, all of us said like Salt Lake, no thank you. And then after it was explained, we're like, oh, totally on board. I just think if you're not a diehard fan, you never really paid attention to the trailer and all you hear is Salt Lake City and you're like, why would I ever watch The Housewives of Salt Lake? That sounds horrible. Yeah. You see, it's funny because immediately I was into it because I was like, well, that's Mormons. Like that gives it a different angle for me. And I'm really interested to watch that. So Salt Lake for me was like, absolutely, I'm in. But actually watching it, I feel like really the only full Mormon is Lisa. Am I right? Like, is she the, because Whitney's not not in it. Heather's Heather's out. Well, Lisa, but. uh, Right, no, Lisa was born and Lisa was born Jewish too. But she but converted. she's now the she only converted. one that's yeah. a Mormon in the show. So I feel like the one kind of USP of this franchise isn't really going to be fully exploited anyway. Right. And let's face it, if this goes on for more seasons, I think the religion won't even be in it. You know what I mean? By like right. season three, yeah. this will be phased out and we'll have like a real show. Outside yeah. of the religion. So, I mean, you do you like it overall? Because a lot of people don't. A lot of people do not like it. I mean, I like it, but then I think I just love, I, I just love the housewives. So I'm not that discerning, if I'm honest. Like, yeah. if it's a housewife show, I'll watch Same it here. and I'll probably enjoy it. The only one recently that I've absolutely hated and resented having to watch every minute of was the last episode of Real Housewives, the last season of Real Housewives of Atlanta, because I swear to God, it felt like, it went on for longer than COVID. Like it was awful. It was 26 episodes. It was 26 episodes long. And it was so boring and so dull. And Nini was in and out. And I just, I hated every minute of it. But this show, I'm also like, it's still episode three, four, whatever it is. So I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt at this stage. And I find there are some real characters that I love. Like Heather, I love. Like she's, I love that she is, she has her head screwed on. She's like the voice of reason, but she's also got this like weird kind of fucked up side with her like attachment to the church and how she'd rather be in a bad marriage than be a bad Mormon, which I find like fascinating. Um, That was what I like that like most shocking scenes I've ever seen. I thought where she was like, me too. where they were like, would you, so you're, you should have stayed in your bad marriage. She was like, absolutely. I'm like, wait, what? what really like and she was like dead serious and i'm like you're just really sad right now i'm like like you wish you were still married yeah yeah so that i mean i really like it too i think it's better than a lot of the franchises that are on i just think like so people were tweeting and they were like please andy move this to i mean first of all andy Cohn does not control the programming (laughs) what time it goes on i think people forget (laughs) that but they're like please move this not to 10 o'clock. People are saying that's why it's getting bad ratings. You know, we don't want it. And Andy's like, what are, you, what are you worried about? It's a huge hit. But like, of course you're going to say that. And even if you're not going to say that, the network is going to call you and tell you to send that tweet. Yeah. It's like Andy Cohn does not decide whether something is canceled or not at no. Bravo. So I just think like maybe they'll let it grow. I mean, they've let like Summer House grow. They've given other shows a chance, but like, I don't know, 500,000, if that's where it stays, it ain't coming. It's not going to be around too long. Yeah. I, no, mean, I think it'll Miami? go. I think, 
What was Miami when they finally pulled Miami? Uh, way higher. Yeah. Way. Way higher than this. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that means it's going to go away, yeah, but yeah, Miami no, was, was sure. way higher. Yeah, and they, they pulled that, didn't they? I loved yeah, Miami, I mean, too. I did, too. I mean, it makes sense. It's an, I, I think Miami, they, they, like, it could, they, they should have done it differently, and it could have yeah. been on. Yeah. You know, it's like a great setting. It's an interesting city. You have the whole like Miami. It's the whole like J Lo. It seems like, like a perfect choice. Yeah. It's a whole different thing. So I think that I don't know. I mean, who knows what's gonna happen, but I mean, at some suit is not gonna care about the legacy of the housewives. They're gonna be like, this show is canceled. I don't want to hear another word about it. Right. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> yeah. Bring me another one. <laughs> but you look at other shows like Summer House went from like nothing to now it's a legitimate show. Like they gave yeah. sometimes they give a show a chance to grow. But I don't know. Like I I personally don't understand other than the two things I said, why the ratings would be that low. I, yeah. I don't get it. I mean, in general, it's not something that I know, but in general, I, I mean, maybe shows just us are lower ratings at first and then they grow. The more that the characters are in the press, the more that the maybe. blogs pick up on it, the more that it hits social media, then it's like it starts to grow. So maybe they have to give it some time for it to like yeah. feed into the zeitgeist. I will also say it is on super late mountain time, which is Utah and Colorado time. Like it's on a, like 11 o'clock at night here. So mm. it's late. Oh, wow. like, I, I don't, st I mean, I record it and watch it the next day. So if that's, mm. if they're only taking live ratings, that's a huge issue right there is that it's actual, like where it's from. So maybe like when they late. do the other ratings, it's actually higher than that. But those yeah. are, you know, Yikes. but it's still, it's better than the OC. I think the OC is having agree with you. a completely off season. I think the OC, I don't even know. I mean, honestly, I have my own <laughs> versions of what they should do with the OC. I mean, personally, I think, because I've been interviewing a lot of like the old school OC people. I mean, they're, they're not, this will never happen. But I think right. you just need to scrap the whole damn thing and just bring back like five old timers or six old timers and just start over. And Who not even people. Back, David. Well, the thing is, like, if there's a lot of people. If it was up to you, if you were casting the show. Because these are my buddies. Um, I know. Keeping my personal yes. relationships with all these, my friends, For out sure. of it. I mean, okay, you got to bring back Tamara. Yeah. I would bring back, I've said this for years. I mean, she's very happy in life. I don't think she would come back. They'd have to pay her a shitload of money. But I would bring back my good friend, Miss Jesus Jogs, who's a very good friend of mine, Alexis Alexis, Polino. Yeah. The thing is, Alexis's life is different. She's not married. Right. She's there's a lot going on. I would bring her back. Okay. Who else? I mean, um, never my. I mean, I, I would bring back Heather Dubrow. I mean, <laughs> I would bring back I her. Would too. Yeah. Then I mean, it's not my favorite housewife. Not my favorite housewife, but. She's certainly got a lot going on in life is I'd bring back Megan King Edmonds. Not yeah. really such a fan, but her life has changed so much. She just broke up with her boyfriend again, the new one. Right. So she's got a lot going on, Megan. And then now I'm going to pass on Lizzie. I would pass on Lydia. Who else would I bring back? Did you bring back Gretchen? Yeah. Yeah, Gretchen's cool. I mean, I miss Gretchen and... 
What was her I word? Was Slade. Slade? Was it Slade? Oh, Slade. Oh, oh, oh. And then, of course, <laughs> of course, the number one person I would bring back, who I just spoke to recently, is I bring back Joe De La Rosa. Ooh. Oh. she was, like, first two seasons, right? You have your six right there. I thought that would be my six. And if I had to take one of those out, maybe I would take out Gretchen, maybe. Yeah. But so Joe... You would keep nobody. I would keep nobody. Interesting. I think really? From, nobody at all? If you're going to be shocked by process of elimination, like, who's the one person you would keep? And I'll tell you who is mine. And you'll be shocked at mine. Not even my favorite person. It's just literally process of elimination. I can tell you who I would keep. In the OC now. I think there's going to be, I think they're, I think for sure, Kelly and Shannon are gone after this season. I think. Yeah. Well, I don't see Rick's like signing off on being on the show any more than he is now. Um, I think they're going to get rid of maybe even three people. Uh, but I think definitely those two. But the only, there's only one that I think is worth keeping, and I don't even think this person's so great. I just think process of elimination, I would keep one. Is it Bronwyn? No. Gina? Is it Elizabeth? Yeah, it's Gina. 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 I'd keep Gina. I'm really interested to see where Gina's going to go in life. She's getting more interesting yeah. if you really focus. And she's also just doesn't, like, she's herself. She doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, but to me, Kelly and Shannon, whether you like them or not, they're just, it's played out. Like it's, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. there's nothing fresh. Shannon got an extra season because of Vicky and Tamara. They like, they didn't, but Shannon, there's nothing left. She was great. Such, loved her. Loved her. Because I think she really could have made the season like hers. It's the same but she just, old. just like withered. Yeah. Same old. And Kelly, same old. Mm-hmm. Same old, then you have all this hate towards her. So just she's gonna. I've had a dinner with Emily in New York. She's a wonderful person as a yeah. human being, but it's not very interesting. Sometimes the nicest people don't make the best TV. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And I then, have to say though, what I'm do you really think of Broadway? Yes. And that's the other thing. Like Elizabeth. So now that I'm thinking of it, maybe I would give Elizabeth a chance. Elizabeth has. I keep her. She's, yes. She's, she's grown on me. She's actually grown on me. I feel like Elizabeth is one of the very few new housewives that have come into it at this point with all this kind of previous knowledge. And it's still kind of real. Like she's She's, not fully PR'd yet. Yeah. She, I think she is being kind of as if this was old school reality TV. Yeah. I really. I was really gutted when I saw the picture of her and when I saw who they cast and I was like, oh, yeah, it feels like just another lame. cookie cutter character and I don't want anything to do with her. But actually she is way more interesting. She's got a lot going on. I'd like to see her in a couple couple more seasons. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I, I want her to. She's like she's grown. I said the same thing. I was like, ugh, in the beginning, I was like, I'm bored. But she, I agree. I do not think she's trying to be famous and act a certain way. I think this is truly her and that I, I like her. And I think the same with Gina. Like, those are the two. Well, it's funny how you guys wouldn't keep Bronwyn. I mean, I, I am okay not, but I just think yeah. it's funny that you agree with me. I mean, I think it's, I think what she's doing is important. I think it's interesting to see sobriety at such a close up level and like seeing somebody work through it in kind of real time but like that's all it is well kelly just said on watch what happens that it's bullshit right yes which i 
Yeah. Yeah. What, that, that just, her alcoholism is bullshit or that the that, sobriety is bullshit? That the alcoholism is bullshit, I think. Yeah, that the alcoholism was bullshit and because she's just recently come out as a lesbian, that that's bullshit too. I mean, I'm not going to comment. But, and also, yeah, don't I forget, mean, in addition to those two things, don't forget that she also, there's a son who now wants to do drag. Those are three yeah. stories that are pretty interesting, big, unconventional, all three in the second season. Yeah, but That's listen, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Bronwyn is that kind of fucked up. I mean, that when you look at that relationship with her mom and the shit that she grew up with, like it doesn't surprise me if she is contriving all this and this is how she feels that she needs to get the attention that she needs in her life. It is dark when you look well, at it like that. To me, those three things add up to like somebody wanting a spinoff. Right. Oh, right. So if yeah, enough, that's... I mean, there's still something about it. Like, even if she is that it's fucked compelling. up or whatever, yeah. there's still a whole group. I mean, what you're saying about the spinoff, somehow the majority still checks that box of you want a spinoff. Whereas I think the majority of people say to Elizabeth, this is you. Like, yeah. it just is what it is. And somehow with nothing going on, except one storyline of a divorce, Elizabeth is more compelling. That but just tells you that we're smart, we're smart as audiences and like, we can smell through the bullshit. For sure, because that's real life, right? Like, real life is not that you have like five major storylines dominating your life. Like, nobody can live that way. Real life is like you're dealing with one thing at a time, right? Yeah, And it's also it's just... interesting that you talk about how the cast members have become kind of educated in the process and how it works but you mentioned there as well that we as an audience have also become really educated and we are far more discerning and we do look at them and we can like smell the bullshit when it happens so i think it's it, they have to work really hard and the fact that elizabeth has kind of broken through our defenses as like bravo kind of diehards <laughs> goes to show that actually I do think she is yeah. a really valuable member of that, that cast. Me too. Um, she's really growing on because she yeah. I really think she's authentic. She just this is her. Like because it's too complicated for it not to be. Like the <laughs> fact that she's divorcing this guy, but she still loves she still wants her. I mean it's just it's so I can empathize so much with her. Obviously not the trillions of dollars in the private jets but like just that complexity of emotions that is obviously real because it doesn't make any fucking sense yeah um, and honestly my heart goes out to her and i think if you do grow up dirt poor sleeping outside in like a trash bag and not knowing where your food is going to become you do become obsessed with money if you have a ton of, of it course. like i i i get the like i never want to go back there and remember that like, so her thing with money is real. It's like, she's not obnoxious about it. She admits that she's obsessed with money. I don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with that. It's no, like, no. A natural outcome from where she yeah. was raised. Like anybody raised that way would be that way with any amount of money, right? Like yeah. nobody wants to go back to being that broke or that poor. Right. Like, so listen, I hate to bring it back to Salt Lake City because the conversation <laughs> about the OC is great, but we are slightly running out of time. So I just want to ask you, you said that, um, or maybe did I imagine it? I'm sure you said one of them is my friends in Salt Lake City. I know one of them. So I'll tell you about that later. Yes. Now is the time. Tell okay. So no, it's, we're not friends, but I, this is what happens because of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast. Everybody 
says to me, oh, I have a friend and blah, 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 and this one's, and I ignore it all. Because when I hear, you know someone who's going to be on The Housewives, it's like, that's great. They're in the background, in the corner, and they're in one episode, which nothing wrong with that, but I don't need to pay attention to that. So I have a friend who's been telling me for about a year and a half now that one of her friends is one of the new Salt Lake Housewives. And I'm just like, oh, sweetie, like, whatever. I don't need to listen to this. And she's been telling me this. It's just like, I don't understand why you don't want to talk to this person. <laughs> so finally, like when the cast is announced and like whatever, and my friend was like, hello, and her friend's Meredith Marks. So that's when I was like, okay, well, remember how you wanted me to talk to your friend? Like, well, now I want to talk to her. So I, I, had, I had to call up Meredith and be like, you know, I'm so-and-so's really good friends. If you need any advice and all this other stuff. But that's not, that's not why I, and because I, I, I do separate it. Like, personally, yeah. Ramona is one of the most vile human beings. I, I'm happy to never see her again. On the TV, she's amazing. I love watching yeah. Ramona. So yeah. I can separate, like, real life from, like, what is, you know, so, I mean, I, I like Meredith in the real world, but I have to say, like, there is something about her that intrigues me watching her. I think it's because she reminds me of Doree and the way she speaks. It's her affectations. It's like, I don't understand her way of because well, she's from Chicago, herself. right? It's just, yeah, I mean, it's so just like... If you're from Chicago, like, you have a very distinct way of speaking, and hers is very, like tuned to the generic at almost a weird level. I mean, I'm from yeah. Texas. I don't sound like I'm from Texas, but I still have an affectation to my voice where she's very measured. It's really weird for me because when I listen to Dorit, I still to this day cannot believe that she's like, an, she's American. Like it, the accent is so weird that yeah. I just assumed it's that European it was almost like American. her second language. It's not yeah. even transatlantic. It's just weird. But with Meredith, it's harder for me as a Brit to hear the, the weirdness in her accent, because I remember you saying that first episode, like, oh my God, I can't get over her accent. It's driving me nuts. I was like, oh, I didn't even notice it. It's, it's so, is it just that it's, but then I have been listening a bit more and it does sound a little bit odd now. It, it seems, un, it sounds unreal. Like there's no place in America that you come from where your accent sounds that way. But it's not even just like TV generic American either. Like it's, it's very thought yeah. out. And yeah. very yeah. It's like, know. is your did you study Dorit and say I can't have that accent? I gotta have some other accent. I I don't understand. I need a I'm thing. Like, and then I'm like, well, wait. Now, are you trying also? Like, I'm like, is everyone here trying on this show? Like, I don't know what to say. And then I don't think Whitney is. I, and Whitney isn't. And yeah, you're right. Heather, I don't think is really. No, I don't I, think so. I almost feel like a real housewife of all Mormon wives would be more interesting. Like, yeah, very Mormon, very strict, very, this is what we do. That would be more interesting to me than a bunch yeah. of people just living in Salt Lake City. Me yeah. too. And I think that's where they've missed, I think that's where they've dropped the ball. And I wonder if just naturally the Mormons weren't really into it. Um, I mean, the Mormons I don't feel have like to be into it. Like the women can be into it because in all actuality, one of the like the largest places for women-owned businesses is Salt Lake City. Like all these like clothing lines and things like that that come out on a lot of these websites here in America are all started by Mormon women working from the home. So it's a fascinating. That would area. have been more interesting. 
Yeah, yeah, I definitely would have built, bought into that a little bit. And then longer. maybe have one or one that broke away and is right. like a wild drinker. Because are like the real Mormon wives, like they follow the rules, they yeah. don't drink or anything. Yeah. So like that's almost more interesting and then mix in like one or two that are wild. Yeah, two crazies that got kicked out that are related to somebody. So they yeah. have like some sort of connection. That would have been more, because I don't know what that looks like, like a true Mormon wife that I would... Yeah. watch with like an open mouth because it's so foreign yeah they don't i know i'd love to see that they're raising what? all those so kids not even on coffee yeah so that's just like that's i don't know it's just like i mean i i hope it makes it i think yeah. i i like it more than other franchises i do not all but some so, <laughs> yeah it's not the worst no it's not the worst <laughs> no and it's something like i, mean, I like the way the, that's not the greatest compliment <laughs> but like they dread i think it's just the snow it's the winter like they did they have that vibe it just kind of works yeah yeah you know i mean skin. watching jen walk into a house in snow and sandals is i mean you know yeah brilliant. it's hilarious that is <laughs> well listen i think that that just about wraps us up david thank you so much for joining yes. us it's been such a pleasure uh, having you on our show. We're so grateful. I will come back anytime you guys want. At some point, you need to come on my show, yeah. Behind the Velvet. And if everyone wants to listen to my show, if you want interviews with Bravo Labs and some other, we interview RuPaul Drag Race girls. Like we like to mix it up, but it's 90% nice. Bravo. Behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts and on Instagram at Behind Velvet Rope. And Instagram is really the best place to find me. Behind, there's yeah. no thought in the it's at behind velvet rope or behind the velvet rope. It's just interviews and we go there. We will ask the questions we have to ask. I don't care how much I know you or I'm, it's like when we're doing our interview, I'm going to go there if we need to uncover something. Brilliant. And he we'll really does. So your, we'll throw all your links into the notes yes. so everybody can find you there as well. That would be amazing. We will do. Make sure that you go and follow David. And thank you so much for, for giving us your time. It's been a pleasure. And hopefully we'll see you soon. You guys are so much fun. We'll keep in touch. Thanks, David. Definitely. See you All soon. Right. Bye. Bye, guys. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims.